In this episode of the Dodd Pod, I spoke with my great friend John Ham. He's been my boy since high school water polo, and we've continued um, this friendship since. This was a 4th of July episode, was at least that's when we recorded it. Um, we talked a, a little bit about what it means to be American, how democracy can be fixed, the problems that many Americans are failing to see. No, I'm just kidding. We did not talk about any of that. Um, we did talk about his weight loss journey. My boy's down 20 pounds and he continues uh, to lose more and just continues grinding in that. Um, we talked a little bit about fireworks and why they suck. And <laughs> and we um, also talked a little bit about the sensory deprivation tank and, and just hung out and had a good time. So um, I hope you enjoy this pod. This is the Dodd Pod. This is the Dodd Pod with Derek Dodson. With Derek Dodson. All right, Ham, take two. <laughs> so we were we were recording. We were about six minutes in, and then Ham's brother-in-law started banging on the window. Uh, and then so I didn't know who it was. I thought someone was just saying hi. And then they continued to bang on the window. So we paused the we paused the podcast. He came through. He thought he was on the podcast, <laughs> and he was just chatting it up for a minute. And uh, but now we're back. And then I st- I tried editing that part out. Unfortunately, I deleted the podcast, and um, here we are. So take two. A happy fourth. Happy Fourth of July. Thank you, thank you for the brew. Ham Ham works for an al- alcohol distributing company. Hooked me up with a bad ombre from Boomtown Brewery. This is good. It is good. It's, it's light. Yeah, it's nice and smooth. Hey, since it's 4th of July, tell me a little bit about why you're proud to be American, bro. Let me hear it. <laughs> well, you know, I think we handled COVID really well. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, uh, I don't know. All right, go on, go on. My bad. I, I mean, I think we take a lot of things for granted here. You know, like me and myself, I've had, you know, a lot of opportunities to travel to different countries, like uh, in my childhood. And growing up, so... Your family was active traveling. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually going to Cabo in July. (sighs) End of July. But I think we take a lot of things for granted here. And just, like, simple things like, you know, being able to, like, go to the grocery store without having to worry about stuff. You know, like, in Mexico, there's, like, a lot of, like, uh, gang violence with, like, the narcos and stuff. And, like... Over there, it's like a super hostile environment, you know? And here, it's like real calm and peaceful. And like, you know, there is like some sense of like freedom here. Yeah, and safety. Yeah, some good points. We do take so many things for granted. When when the pandemic hit early on and, and people kind of, panic kind of set in, you'd go to a grocery store. I remember I woke up super early um, to, go, to go to a grocery store at its opening. And there was already a lady that had been there like an hour before me waiting. But I was like the second one there, and I just remember being in that line, like, "Damn, what's happening here right now? This is this is weird." And it's because I I didn't have much in my freezer or my fridge, and I didn't know if fast food restaurants and places were gonna stay open. And then you hear 
everyone's talking about it. You hear about the shortages <laughs> and all that like starts setting in. And then that's where the panic sets in. Like, and I, I didn't feel panicked at all. I was like, I just need, I just want to get some meat in case we do yeah. get locked down. I have, I have food to cook. <laughs> My, <laughs> during that time, like when everyone wasn't sure about what the fuck was going to go down. My dad had bought like a, like the catering size, uh, a catering size thing of chicken tenders from Raising Cane's. <laughs> so I, wait, so this is before it all, before people started panicking? No, this was like when everyone was like, wasn't sure if like things were gonna like go locked down, like how how bad it was gonna get. And my dad went ahead and like, cause he wasn't sure if there was gonna be like shortages like on stuff. So he got like a, a big ass a big ass tray of chicken tenders from Raising Cane's and like their sauce so i had that for like dinner a few nights in a row <laughs> he's ready but hit the raisin canes he was thinking where no one else was he's probably one in a hundred people in the world that decided you know what i'm gonna get this huge portion of raisin cane chicken that hey raisin canes is, is fire it is good but i i agree man um I, i'm grateful for gro- simply grocery stores because when i would go in when i that day when i was waiting in line and i went into the grocery store I remember so many shelves being empty, and I just remember thinking, dang, like, how often do I see shelves in grocery stores empty because there's nothing available? Yeah. And it just made me realize how, how dependent I am on so many things, especially food. Um, yeah. I, do you feel, did you get that sense? <laughs> Luckily for me, <laughs> my, uh, my habits didn't really change. <laughs> And I was still going to the the grocery store as often as I wanted and to Target. I wasn't as worried, I guess. I was yeah. being pretty reckless. But I, the way I saw it is since I was working this whole time and, like, my work was doing, like, the bare minimum to, like, kind of protect us and stuff. I was like, man, if I'm going to have to be going to work this whole time and, like, interacting with these people, like, and they're doing whatever they want, like, on their free time, I was like, I'm going to do whatever I want. And, like, I'm still going to be safe. I wasn't, like, walking around without a mask with a sign saying that I'm a patriot or whatever. But but uh, I was trying to do my best to be careful, but I didn't I didn't let it uh, limit my lifestyle. I guess I was going to the grocery store maybe like twice a week still. Yeah, yeah. After and, like and things- people thought I was, I was like, if I told people that they'd think like I was like fucking crazy. Why am I not going like once a week or once a month to the grocery store? You know, like. And, and this is limit. early. This is yeah. early, early where we were like legit locked down. Yeah, and you know me and you were still hanging out, and we, yeah, it was no big deal. <laughs> I was I hanging know. out with all my friends. <laughs> that's that's true. And next thing I know, all my friends but me get COVID. <laughs> hey, I know we all got COVID hanging out like dummies, um, dude. I remember early on before before school shut down and everything. There, there was memes like before it hit America. There were like memes yeah. going on about COVID in China. Yeah. And then I remember I teach freshmen and these and you heard about COVID and but you didn't you know it didn't really set in like how I just kind of tune out the news for the most part, which may be bad or good, but well, that's a different conversation. But one of my students was really worried about COVID, and she's like, "Mr. Dotson, what if it comes here and?" And oh, that's so scary. She's she's just sharing with with me her concern. Like she was scared, <laughs> and I was like, "Relax, like you don't gotta worry about it. It's it's it's, it's gonna be nothing." And and <laughs> sure enough, like two weeks later, the school shuts down. I'm like, "All right, don't listen to me." <laughs> and but throughout COVID, definitely my my views kept changing. I never I never stayed set on one. When it first hit, you know, I knew knew. 
uh, I knew no one that had COVID. Obviously, none of us have ever experienced a pandemic. So it's very easy to not take it seriously. Plus, I'm young. I'm healthy. I'm like, what's there to worry about? And my main thing was I didn't know anyone getting it. So I was like, what's Yeah, the only people we knew who had it was like Tom Hanks and... Who knows who else? Yeah, it was like the, the, the some of the Q theories out, out there. Yeah, <laughs> but throughout it, um, I slowly and my wife Ashley, she took it seriously from the beginning, and I think I'm just I'm just a bit more immature, straight up. <laughs> but I guess women and men just think differently. Like I wasn't really worried uh, about like I didn't take it seriously, like I, you know, and um, so anyway, like you said, we kept going out, and then I didn't start taking it seriously. Till I got COVID <laughs> and then, and it wasn't that COVID kicked my ass or anything because it didn't, I drop kicked COVID easy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like it hit me that, Oh, like I, what if I give it to Ashley and Ashley gives it to her grandma? Yeah. You know, like, and that's where it hit me. Cause I was scared. I was like, I really don't want to give it to Ashley. Cause if she gives it to her grandma, something happens. Yeah. I, Man, that's my fault pretty much for, for, you know, being reckless. But luckily, she isolated me in a room for like two weeks. No, it was like three weeks. I was like, babe, yeah. it's only f- 14 days. She was only feeding you like breadcrumbs <laughs> and like leftovers. I, I'd walk to the bathroom with the aerosol spray. <laughs> Everything I touch, I'm spraying. I'm wearing a mask as I'm walking through my own house. And you we didn't sleep. shower with a bucket <laughs> in your own room. <laughs> we, we didn't sponge bath. We didn't sleep. Uh, together for legit like two and a half three weeks and like on i was like cdc says 14 days and then you're good and i was like i'm feeling good or whatever but um no we we took it safe but luckily she didn't get it and it didn't go on um didn't go on to anyone else so from there i a different perspective opened up to me i was like well people do have vulnerable people in their lives and even if we're healthy and it'll keep us safe what if someone um someone gets in it doesn't and it's because i brought it to them meanwhile they're trying to be safe so that's where i was like she's taking all the right steps to protect herself meanwhile i'm having a uh raider chiefs game at at our boy scott's house (laughs) with like 14 people in there um drinking playing yelling at the at the screen yeah so we, we were on different paths but after that you know, it woke me up to that perspective. Yeah, we all stopped hanging out for a while. <laughs> yeah, we, we all got grounded. All of our boys got grounded and wrecked. Even after we got wrecked, no, I'm just, just going to kick it for a while. And we didn't see each other for a good minute. Hey, and I remember we hit the, when, right before, the day before it got locked down, do you remember where we went? Uh, To the park. Oh, we didn't go to the park. <laughs> what? Oh, wow, guesses up. This is in jeopardy. No, um, I have a bad sense of timeline, guys. My bad. We, I mean, we might have stopped by a park, but uh, we went, we went to the float tank. Oh, yeah, and we, we were, were the last ones there. It was eerie, bro. It was, yeah, everything was so empty. And we we're the last session at the at the float lab in, in uh, where is it? Um, Westwood, Westwood. yeah. Oh man, we gotta go back to the float lab. I know. I miss that place. It's just such a drive. Yeah. Especially when gas is five dollars a gallon. To be honest, this part sounds just bad or but I don't even pay attention to gas prices. I know. Because me looking at them, I'm like, how does that help me? It's not like I have any option. 
unless I want to go get some, you know, some people say like some of the gas stations are watered down gas and stuff. Oh yeah, that's Arco. Yeah, Arco, right? Arco's yeah. the one. Is seventy six one of those? No, I don't know. I just know Arco. Yeah. Well, so I always I always go to Chevron usually, but I'm just like it is. I go to Chevron or Shell, but it hurts me when you have a twenty five gallon tank. Oh, yeah, you got it. Well, you got a car from the 60s, bro. Maybe <laughs> that's why. It's 93, 96. Your, your car's super special edition, though. It's a really sought-out or sought-after year, right? Yeah. People, one guy has left a note in my car asking me if I was gonna, if I was interested in selling it with his number. And then one time when I was going to, like, different mechanics looking for estimates, someone asked if I would sell my car. <clears throat> so, like, I know it's, like, a special car. And it's been great, man. It runs pretty pretty good i've never known someone who loves a car as much as you it's like a dog for you <laughs> me me and juan will always tell you how uh, why don't you sell it <laughs> damn gas is expensive like back in the day this was years ago that yeah. we would tell you and now we just come to terms that you're riding this till till the end yeah why what's so special about it well the maintenance isn't too much and like it's a really it's a really good car to take off-roading yeah, we've been off-roading It's before. a great daily driver. <laughs> you think it's still good at... Well, people fix it up real nice, huh? And yeah. Is it, is it the build or something? Yeah, I think because this is a V6. Mm. They see they say these engines can last a really long time. How many miles do you have on it? 286,000. Dude, that's crazy. That's a lot of miles. And I just try to like do like some simple upkeep every now and then. And I'm going, I've been going to a good mechanic right now, so that helps a lot. He'll like he'll notice things and he'll like tell me that this needs this or that needs to be fixed. So. So you have like a go-to mechanic. Yeah, yeah. It's my youngest sister's uh, boyfriend's mechanic. That's cool because there's always that stereotype with mechanics. Yeah. That, that they'll screw you over, charge you more than. Uh, so yeah. it's good to know a mechanic or have a trustworthy one. Um, and I don't know if that's true, but you like how do you know though? Because we don't know squat about cars. Mm-hmm. So go into them. They tell you this is wrong. This is wrong. How are you gonna argue that yeah. unless you go get like several quotes or something? Or yeah, something but like, like also my dad hooked me up with like a spreadsheet he has, and the spreadsheet kind of just gives estimates when like certain like major parts of a car needs to be changed or like replaced. So like that's something like he was updating, and then once he gave the car to me, I tried to keep it updated. But I'm not as much of a computer geek as he is, so. Hey, that's legit. You'd keep <laughs> keep tabs on how much a, a part is going for, and re- he would have a spreadsheet on like he would just have a simple spreadsheet with a grid, and it would show like the mileage and like the date when like certain things were replaced, and then he had a word document with like when he bought stuff and how much it cost to like get it replaced. Oh, that's legit. That's smart. Yeah, that's good, and it's probably not that. He always did that because I mean, when we were all growing up, and none of us like cared about car maintenance, he was taking care of like seven, six cars, you know. So, but he's super organized. Yeah, I mean, he's fixing up his house super good, man. Yeah. But going back to Float Lab, I, I've been wanting to go. I know you've you've been trying to go for a minute. Yeah, it's so hard to schedule things nowadays sometimes. Yeah, everyone's uh, married mm-hmm. or work, plans. <laughs> yeah, being a dad or being a husband. Yeah, it's that is one crazy thing about getting older. I know. As you, you do start to see that, like... <laughs> When you're younger, you see you see it happen to older people. I'm always gonna kick with my friends, um, which for a group we still kick it up. Yeah, pre- we do pretty good amount. So I'm not even complaining. Compared to most people, we we hang out a, a 
really uh, a good amount. Yeah, you don't got to remind me. <laughs> I know. Oh, well, you got all the time. You're free right now. Yeah. Do you love it? You love being, enjoying the single life? Yeah, it's been cool. I mean, you know, I've been trying to really take care of myself lately and just get my health in order. You're looking good, man. What you you're pretty you're down twenty pounds, right? Pretty much. Pretty much twenty pounds. Yeah, from when I started tracking. Yeah, so I've been doing your macros, and I'm I talked to I'm gonna talk about macros. So I might as well just share what they are for people who don't know what macros are. So macros, your main macros, and this is some some bro, uh, uh not someone who's. If if you don't trust me, just look it up online. Is <laughs> my point. I'm gonna share it the best I can, but obviously there's there's better ways to learn about it. But with macros, you have you focus on your three main macronutrients: so protein, carbs, and fats. And it's all about creating a, a calorie deficit. So it's just depending on what your goal is. If you're trying to lose weight, you need to create a calorie deficit. So if you want to create a calorie deficit, and a deficit just means um, you're you're either burning more calories, you're you're intaking um, less than your maintenance. So if like to maintain weight, let's say you eat 2,800 calories, then if, if, if you're at 2,700 calories, you're in a deficit now and you'll start losing weight. If you create a bigger deficit, you'll lose more weight. So that's why people do cardio and stuff on top of, of eating well because they're creating a, a larger deficit. So depending on what your goals is, but with macros, you can build muscle, you can maintain muscle, or um, you can uh, focus on losing weight and maintaining muscle. So usually people have a signed amount of carbs, fats, and proteins, and they need to hit those numbers. So if you have like 86 grams of, of fat um, for the day, then you can eat whatever you want as long as you reach that goal of 86 grams of fat. Of course, you want to eat healthier foods, but you have some flexibility where you can eat some good foods, which is like my favorite part of macros in that it forces me to moderate myself and eat portion size stuff, but I can still fit in like yesterday, I ate Chick-fil-A, I ate a 12 pound chicken nugget meal and an original chicken sandwich and it hit my macros, you know, is it, what would you say is your, um, what's been your, what's your experience been like as far as tracking? You're like six months in 20 pounds down. Yeah, it's been good. great. Um, the beginning was pretty was pretty tough. I was just overthinking a lot of things. When I would cook, I would spend a lot of time weighing everything out because I was making some complex meals, I guess. I would make like pasta or like fried rice and it would I would have to like weigh out like all the veggies. And I was spending a lot of time like prepping and the whole the whole process would take pretty much my, my whole evening after work. And then after a while I realized like I could just make chicken breast and rice and kind of cut out like the veggies <clears throat> and it's been it's a lot more it's more simple and i enjoy it i've been eating the same thing almost like every day pretty much do you like that yeah i don't mind it just because for the most part i have chick-fil-a almost every day for lunch so at chick-fil-a i'll have usually i'll get 12 grilled nuggets with fries my boy's living um, that lavish life <laughs> I'll have a, a, a grilled chicken club sandwich by itself and two ketchup packets. Nice. And you, it's funny that you mentioned the ketchup packets because like a lot of people, if they're yeah. tracking, will forget about ketchup. That's 14 grams of carbs. But bro, going, going <laughs> to the veggies, you mentioned you don't eat veggies. Um, veggies are super low carb. 
they're like broccoli and stuff is, is hardly anything. I know. I would put a lot of it in it though to like get to get some like substance of nutrients from it. Yeah, I, I like me personally, I would still still try to do that just because that's great yeah. for you and it tastes it does taste bomb too. Adds add something, yeah. but depending if you're on a time crunch and you're just like, nah, I'm not trying to steam some vegetables right now or. But if I were to just do like a little veggies, like if I wanted to mix it in with like my chicken breast, then I would just throw it in and not really track it. Yeah. Because you need to put in a good amount of everything for it to actually add up to be something. Like, um, of course, the 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 more accurate you are with your tracking, the better results you'll get. But there's some stuff that I'll eyeball. Like I might. So with like my fitness pal, you know how you scan a food, it, mm-hmm. it stays in there. And then now you just search the name and it pops up and you mm-hmm. choose a serving. I like stuff that's really low carb or or just low macronutrient period I would just eyeball it and like you'll be okay you know um and eventually your eyeballs are gonna gonna your eyeballing is gonna be pretty close to it or at least like your body will be used to that you know account for it yeah I I've tried to eyeball stuff here and there but with kind of eating the same thing every day i kind of just found what works for me yeah and like i don't mind it and i've been getting results and it's been cool man i really enjoy it i really enjoy like the flexibility especially like on the weekends or like if i want to fit i can have like cinnamon rolls because it's low fat it's just high carbs yeah yeah you find you find tricks to, yeah. to fit in all the foods you want those are my two biggest things cinnamon rolls and chick-fil-a because i can have chick-fil-a fries i'll have it I'll have a grilled club, and and I'll have the twelve grilled nuggets, and that all together that'll be close to like ninety grams of protein. Oh, that's solid. That's, so that's like half your protein goal. Yeah, because in the morning all I have is oatmeal. I'll just have like I'll weigh out like one hundred and thirty grams, one hundred twenty grams of pro of oatmeal, and I'll get the I'll get like the Bob's Red Meal oatmeal. So it's like a little bit more nutrient dense. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And you can always like if you don't eat a gang of vegetables, which most people don't. You know, it's it's the amount of vegetables they say you're supposed to get. Like how how do you do that? Like that take that would take so much time to get all those in. And yeah, so many I'm not worried about vegetables right now. But vitamins, you know, you can have vitamins and stuff. It's just. Like we were talking about before the pod, it's just hard to remember to take them sometimes. Yeah. You just got to get in a routine with it. But I'm also a, a creature of habit with like, I can eat the same thing every day. So before I was married, for sure, I would just mob pretty much the same meals because I'm not picky when it comes to food. I, I'm, yeah. I'm okay. I enjoy the simplest foods. I don't need to, I don't, I don't need to have a gourmet meal every meal. I think that's what also helps me to stay thin is that I'm not like such a, a, a foodie. I mean, I could be. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy bomb food, but I'm also not one to put in an hour or hour and a half every day to cook cook a meal, you know. So, um, but now that I'm married, I gotta eat. Ashley doesn't like eating the same thing every day. I'm not gonna say, "Oh, chicken rice today, chicken <laughs> rice, chicken rice, turkey rice, turkey rice," or or whatever it is, depending on what your numbers are. Um, so we mix it up. We we'll, we we usually something di- different every day, and um, you know. I usually eat like one, two meals a day now. Um, I've been doing it for a while. I've never really been a breakfast person. So my first meal is usually like 11, 12. And that's during work usually. And, and I just will drink a shake 
uh, I'll make a shake or have like one of those premier protein shakes and like a protein bar or, or I'll eat some leftovers from the night before. Mm-hmm. And then I just mob big for dinner, basically. That's basically what I do. And it works for me. I don't feel hungry in the morning. I work out on an empty stomach. Supposedly yeah. inter- intermittent fasting is supposed to be good for you. Um, at least that's what all the smart people say. And I'm just trusting them. And I feel good. That's that's the main thing. I listen to my body. I think. Yeah. I think. Like, do you feel like you know your body better, a, a bit better now that you've been working out and doing macros? A little bit. I mean, you're pretty early in, but. Yeah, I do feel like I know my body a little bit better, um, but more so just getting used to being thin again and or like a little bit slimmer, because like you know I haven't I wasn't always like at that weight where I was at. I was just there for a good while. Yeah. It's kind of just getting used to being back at in the active lifestyle and working out again. The one thing I honestly never did, though, was <clears throat> kind of watch what I eat and, like, track what I eat. Before, I'd always... I would work out, and I would just eat whatever the fuck I wanted to eat. Yeah. And I would just do... And I, I always knew probably wasn't the best recipe, but I didn't mind it. And then I did keto for a little bit, and keto was cool. But it's hard, man. Keto is super hard. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, like you said, it's cool and it can work for you. But my concern with things like that is sustainability. Yeah. And anytime you're approaching working out or eating or changing your habits, you got to do something that's sustainable for you. And no carbs. I don't know how sustainable that is for, for most. Some people can do it. They're very disciplined yeah. and can do it. But... Um, what what about if you stop like how are you are, do you have a plan if you went to when you get off keto yeah. you know because if you just jump from off keto to eating from zero carbs or 20 carbs to eating i don't know 150 carbs you're gonna gain weight fast mm-hmm. you know um but i've been interested in interested kind of in trying it just because i hear i was talking to chris the other day Pena, and he was mentioning and he, on a pod actually and he was mentioning how it gives him he feels like he has more energy he hit, he's hit ketosis what they yeah. call it just have more energy it's just crazy how the human See, body cuz i did i did keto for like a year a good solid year and i was feeling wow, great wow a year did, yeah. did you lose mad weight doing it i got really slim and the reason why i enjoyed it is i was losing i was losing weight without working out so i wasn't really working out a lot yeah but now like with macros where like I don't I don't have to work out but it's like part of the the deal I guess. Yeah. Uh, it, you're going to lose more weight if you work out. Yeah, so yeah. right now I feel in a way the healthiest I've ever been just because I'm like watching what I eat and like tracking it to a certain extent and also incorporating like uh cardio. You look great, dude. I'm looking at you right now. You look a lot thinner, man. Um I'm super proud of you for real. That's 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 a lot of six months. That's a half a year. That's you gotta be proud of yourself for I that. I know. Thanks, man. It's really been it's been pretty easy once I've gotten used to eating like the same stuff, or I just at least knowing what works for me. And like, yeah, sometimes I mix it up, or I don't always eat the same stuff. But for the most part, just having that routine has been so easy for me. It's easy to just like fall back and rely on it, yeah, and to not have to worry about like what I'm eat, what I'm gonna eat for dinner or whatever. And also routine with working out. I yeah. think it's huge. Routine is such a big part of my life. I feel like with anything that I want to get accomplished, I need some kind of routine. 
um, or any goals I'm working for. Routine just really helps me um, helps me stay disciplined because when you have routine, you know, at this time I do this, at this time I do this, or um, your routines with eating or whatever. You know what the deal is, and this, and you just make it pretty much this is just the way it is. You don't have any flexibility to get out of it when you yeah. have those routines set. But when you don't have routines set. And then you're like, I'm going to work out. You, maybe yesterday you worked out in the morning, and then today you're like, no, I'm going to work out after work today. And then yeah. it hits after work. Like, mm, nah, it's, it's just way easier to find a, an escape route. Yeah. So route, And then it allows you to just build that discipline, man. I think those are keys for anything, discipline and, and routine. Yeah, for sure, man. It, uh, do you have any more of these? Hell yeah. hombres? These are good. I'm down for for another one. Hey, but that's crazy. Twenty pounds. It twenty pounds to some people doesn't sound significant because you hear about people losing fifty pounds, a hundred pounds. But in the six month period, that's that's nice, man. Twenty pounds, and it, I like to Google what the fat looks like. So if you Google, yeah, I was cool to see that picture. Yeah, I sent it to you. Um, it's so if you google like 20 pounds of fat it, it will show you what that looks like and um, they have from five pounds of fat 10 pounds of fat 20 pounds of fat and when you look at it from there you're like wow i didn't realize it was that significant did could you did, did you think about your weight a lot um when you're at your heaviest when i was pretty unhealthy i knew i wanted to like kind of just lose weight and get get into a better place again but I would just keep on putting it off. So, like, in January, like, when I went to, like, the hospital because I wasn't feeling good. I was having, like, a lot of stomach pain. That was kind of, like, my wake-up call to kind of just, like, cut the shit and get back on it. And ever since then, it's been really it's been really cool. And I've just l- kind of learned to, like, love macros in a way. Nice. And I think because, like, comparing, like, uh, macros to keto, macros is so much easier just because it includes carbs. Even though in the beginning, like, some days, like, I would get stuck and then I'd have to eat, like, fucking 150 grams of carbs for dinner. Because you're like, oh, spread shit. it out nice yeah. Or, or you don't have anything to, that can, like, some pasta or something that can knock it out easy. Yeah, but now I've found things that worked for me, such as, like, cinnamon rolls. <laughs> so, I fucking love cinnamon rolls. Dude, it's so funny you say that because they're like, what kind of diet is this? Like, but what people don't understand or I think uh, get confused about is, like, nah, you can fit in these great things these good things you just have to have uh moderation with it so i mean maybe it's not ideal to eat cinnamon rolls seven days a week that might not be <laughs> yeah. optimal as far as the sugar levels but at the end of the day you're getting you're getting healthier and then it's one thing at a time you know like my first cut or my first couple years with macros i was like cool i can eat uh two big old bowls of cinnamon toast crunch <laughs> um Nice, I'm going to fit in a whole tombstone pizza tonight. Uh, you know, whatever. Like, you would manipulate your numbers so you can see. And, but then eventually, as I've been getting older, I'm just like, damn, I won't, like, I'm trying to stay away from the processed stuff uh, more and more. And, yeah, but macros, man, they're, they're great. And, like, cool thing about humans is there's so many different ways to accomplish what you want. There's not one clear path. But macros, I think, can work for a lot of people. It's very flexible. Yeah, and the biggest thing to me this whole time had been like kind of staying steady with my cardio. That's and been that was the game changer for yeah. you when you bumped up your cardio. Yeah. 
how has this process been for you mentally? Like, and just like your, your mental well-being. It's been pretty good. Being, being able to push myself on the bike has been like some kind of therapy for me. Um, I used, before this, I would go swimming a lot at the pool by my work. And I always viewed swimming as a type of therapy just because, like, I'm in the water, like, just alone with my thoughts. Yeah. And I feel the same way when I'm on the bike, even though I have, like, music playing. But I'll be, I'll get in a good rhythm and it'll feel good. My stamina has gotten, has gotten pretty, it's at a good level right now, man. Do you find yourself out of breath less and less, like, in comparison to before? Like, if, yeah, we, like, if we did that hike right now. Mountain. How do you think you would do? I think I'll do good, man. So we, we went on a hike. Um, <laughs> we went to Joshua Tree, me, him, and our boy Juan, who, who will be on a podcast soon. Um, and we went on a hike, Ryan's Mountain. And I was like, oh, it's a light, it's a light hike. And I hadn't done this hike in a while. This is a, it's a hike I grew up doing every year. <laughs> and um, I didn't remember how much incline it had. And we're not avid hikers or anything. But anyway, we're we're hiking up this and then, I'm just like, what? This is this is not a light, moderate hike. <laughs> so we had to stop and stuff. But um, now, I think you'd probably kill it. Yeah, I feel pretty confident, especially in my hiking ability. You've been hiking quite often. I've been, yeah, one of my one of my old friends from college that I just started hanging out with a, a group of two of them. We've gone on a few hikes together. I remember the first one I went on. It was like a five mile hike, and it was after I had been doing my bike for maybe like a month and a half or so so i was like this is gonna be a good test to see like where my stamina is at and i remember i kept up like well and i was pretty happy and ever since then i've just i tried to keep doing hikes like when i went to big bear with my homie manny and we did like a five mile hike out there and that shit was rough because you're like the elevation feet in the yeah in elevation and and then i came back and i had like that that runner's high or whatever like that those mountain lungs for like a week and a half or so nice and i remember I was just killing it on the bike like not getting tired for like prolonged periods felt like you're training for a ufc fight <laughs> yeah exactly you're watching ultimate fighter on here <laughs> getting motivated no nah, that's cool man that gets me fired up yeah hiking hiking has been fun though because I, I get to take jamba too with me most most of the time so it's fun taking him he gets out and gets to just you know roam through some mountains and shit isn't that cool like the yeah. joy the joy um like dog owners get mm-hmm. when when you take them out somewhere or or just when you're with them and you see how happy they are yeah. it's just like joyful to see them happy yeah even with them just sticking their fucking head out the window driving down the street yeah <laughs> every time that's one of my favorite parts when i take maya and hopi um, to the dog park is Maya loves to stick her head out the window. So the whole ride, she, even on the freeway, she has her she has her head uh, <laughs> out the window. And then I try to go a little slower on the freeway because I'm like, all right, 70 mile hour winds to the eyeballs. I can't be comfortable. So I'll usually go in a slower lane. But it brings me joy, man. Like I'm I'm genuinely happy and um, I feel real. I feel even more present when I'm with dogs. Yeah. You know, yeah, dogs are amazing, but um. It's super enjoyable just to to know that you can help bring them some joy, I guess. Like, yeah, and you get to give them like a good workout too if you take them out to like the park or yep. hike them and stuff. And we probably have like at least me. I'm like, damn, like it'll be it'll be real sucky for you to not see beyond this backyard in your life. 
Yeah, that's how my first dog, my first few dogs were. Yeah, same here. <laughs> same here. My uh, my first dog was Bear, and um, he was a cool dog, but you know I, we, we didn't really take him take him out many places or anything. He might have went on a walk once in a blue moon, but um, mainly we just always he. I mean we we played with him in the backyard and stuff. But I'm like, ah oh, man, now that I look back, I'm like, nah. If I ever have dogs, I'm taking them places. Yeah. When I went camping in Mammoth, I debated on taking Maya to um, to Mammoth with me just to camp, but I was like, ah, oh, that's messed up. Because I wouldn't take my other dog, Hopi. She would just play, want to play fetch the whole time. Maya will chill and hike with me, and Hopi's not really a hiker or a walker. <laughs> you think you'd be able to leave Maya uh, off leash over there, like in the mountains? No. No. <laughs> She's a husky, bro. And I, I didn't do a, or we didn't do a good enough job of training her early on. She'll listen for a good amount, but her instincts kick in, and she doesn't know who I am. Yeah, dude, I tried this the other day. We went to the dog beach. Went uh-huh. to dog beach, brought Hopi and, and, and Maya. Hopi's a golden retriever. Maya's a husky. And um, Hopi hates the water. She wants nothing to do with it. The beach was a, not a great place to take them. They I just stick uh-huh. to the dog parks. But uh, I was like, okay, I, I think I can trust Maya. Like She listens to me pretty good at the dog park. Whenever we leave, I just call her. She follows me over. <laughs> So, but the beach has no fence. Yeah. So I, I un- unclip her leash and she goes opposite way of the dogs, opposite way of the water towards like the parking lot. And I'm like, dude, so I'm calling her, Maya, get, get over here, get over here. Just ignores me. And, um, so eventually I had to, to run over there and then just like, like, you know, act like, oh, come here, girl, come here. And then just grab her on a leash and, and <laughs> clip her. And I was like, okay, now I know. I can't I can't leave you off the leash here. Dang. But, um, no, nah, dogs are special, man. You love Jamba. Yeah, like, I'm kind of super close with him. Jamba's probably like, you know, they could be like your best friends in ways. Yeah, he's, I see him as my little son. <laughs> I take care of him. You take good care of him, dude. Yeah, I try to get him groomed every now and then. Like, he's looking good right now, but before this, he was pretty raggedy. Yeah, he had his uh, 4th of July... Um, bandana yeah, right after here, getting man. groomed. Hey, happy 4th of July. Happy 4th, man. Man, I'm not going to lie. This is my least favorite holiday. Is it? Is it because of the fireworks with dogs or what? Yeah, just fireworks. Yeah, mainly the fireworks with dogs. Um, but I was, me and Ash were talking about it uh, yesterday. And I was thinking, or we were thinking like, damn, like, you know, we were talking about convenience and we have things so easy and our, our, like, if you look at the air quality here in California, like it's, it's pretty crappy. Yeah. So it's not like, um, so I think of Fortress like, cool. Like, so I, I guess what I'm trying to say is if you weigh the pros and cons of fireworks, <laughs> the cons are, the list of cons is, is way bigger than the pros. The pros yeah. is drunk people and kids. Get to enjoy um, seeing some fireworks hit the sky. Yeah. The cons, it causes tons of dogs, anxiety, animals, anxiety. It even kills like some birds, other animals. People lose some fingers. Yeah, pe- people lose fingers. Um, wh- wh- where do people put their fireworks? Most people brush it into the curb and then street sweeper comes by and it sweeps it down the drain and it probably ends up in the ocean. Yeah. Um, we already have smog, you know. And then if you also think about the veterans... Like, there's yeah. some veterans with PTSD, or yeah. there's just some people that lived in the streets with PTSD. Yeah. And then, I'm sure fireworks sets it off for them. So, I'm just like, 
and it seems super selfish and people are probably going to hate some people might hate on me for hating on that but um i'm just like we have it so easy already life is so good do we can we just skip the fireworks and barbecue have drinks with your friends enjoy the day you still get the day off but yeah. i don't know i i just think like who who it affects um i just think about who it affects and i'm like uh, i think taking that day off uh from fireworks might might be a cool move yeah especially out here since it's it's uh they take they they'll pop them off so often might be leading up to fourth of july and after fourth of july it's kind of non-stop yeah it is and going back to dogs they they hate it dude hopi yeah. she's like legit shaking yeah, so same with John, but we have to give her like a lot of people give their dogs like some sleeping pills or uh, you're saying um, Benadryl, CBD, yeah, all those things. A lot of people actually lose their dogs on Fourth of July. Like oh, they really? they freak out and they they run away, some escape or if the yeah. door's open, they'll jet out. Um, just because like all the, I because dogs do have incredible hearing. At yeah, least that's what they say. Loud noises. I wonder what it's like to have like an animal senses. Like, I was listening to a hunter um, on the Rogan podcast the other day. And oh, about the bears? About the bears. The yeah. bear smell. And that hunter dude, I forgot what his name was, but he said that he described the bears' smell as, like, they smell in layers. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, if, yeah. if you make something, the ingredients in it, like, we would smell probably the most dominant ingredient or whatever. Or um, and then they would smell all the layers of it. So like, if it has like paprika in it, yeah, um, onion, this that, like they'll smell those in layers. I'm, wow, that's that's crazy. And those are the senses we know about. Who knows about other senses that animals have that we may not even be locked in with? Like maybe they can smell like how hot the water is and shit. Yeah, they might be able to do that stuff. Um, who knows how they see? Like yeah. we see one version of reality. Who knows what they see? Like when when we look at the sky, we see one thing. Who knows what they see when they look at the sky, or what they see when they look at us? Like I wonder if they're colorblind. Yeah, and I I'm not I know nothing about science, so I think they say some like dogs are are dogs supposed to be colorblind? Supposedly. But I always wonder like how do we know that? Yeah. We barely understand our own brains. You know a lot of people who are colorblind. I've only known one person who's colorblind. Um, Danny from a uh, water polo. Oh, yeah. I remember he said he was colorblind. Yeah. But no, I, I haven't. Uh, I work with one of my bosses colorblind. So what colors can they see, or is it different depending on the person? I don't know. I think colorblind people they can't see like certain colors, but sometimes like I'll try to point shit out to him on a computer, and he'll be like, "You got to tell me where." <laughs> like, oh wow. Because I'll be like, "You can look at the highlighted this or that." But every, but for the most part, he's all right. You know. It's not too bad. Yeah. But it must suck to not be able to see colors. Yeah. To see black and white pretty much? I think so. I think there's different or Or it's like it. a spectrum of colors that they probably can't see. Um, yeah. Yeah. I always, you know, when you going back to the float lab, what's interesting about the float lab when you go in there, it's a sensory deprivation tank. So they're... Tr- your, all your senses are getting taken away. First, you close yourself in the sensory deprivation tank, and it's pitch black. So even if you have your eyes open, you can't yeah. see anything. And then you're floating, you know. Um, but just if we just focus on that vision, like when I had my eyes open and I still can't see anything, I was like, 
in a sense, I was like, wow, so this is what black people are. <laughs> blind people, not black people, <laughs> You know what I meant. Because <laughs> the reason I said black is because it's like pitch black in there. Yeah. <laughs> but th- I was like, this is what blind people see, like nothing but pitch black. Yeah. And, and that's so crazy. And at least I'm assuming that's what they see. I don't know if some can see shadows or, or anything like that. I was like, I, I bet you, because when you do that, you are way more in tune with yourself. At least in the sense of your deprivation tank, I feel more in tune with myself in terms of my thoughts. And, um, well, obviously we're floating and you just feel, at, did, you, did you hit any points where you just like feel like you can't even feel your body? Yeah, every time I go to sleep. Well, that's different. I'm, no, I mean, no, no, I mean like in the float lab. No, I know, but like if you fall asleep, of course you don't feel your body. It's like you're not fully conscious when you're asleep. But I'm saying like, have you been like when I'm in the float lab, like if I, usually I'll meditate in there. Uh-huh. So I'm just focusing on my breath. So I'm not asleep. I'm I'm consciously focusing on my breath, relaxing my body, letting go. And then there's moments uh, where you just will, like forget you have a body. No, I feel disconnected for sure. Because I remember, I think the last time we went right before the pandemic hit and everything closed down. I was really tired because I got off work late and we we had a pretty late appointment and I knocked out. That was a time when they they were like banking on my tank for me to wake up. Oh yeah, you crashed. I remember I, w- I woke up and I didn't, for a second I thought I was in bed and I, <laughs> I almost turned over and I, I just caught myself like that I was in the water. Yeah, that... But it's such a re- it's such a relaxing and peaceful. Epsom salt go. really does relax your body, dude. Like your muscles and things. Like you'll probably especially enjoy it since now that you're like working out and stuff. Yeah. Or relax your body a lot. Yeah. When I when I'm in there, um, dude. When I was in there, it was probably one of the first time, probably one of the only times where I felt like, um, what do they call it? Where you're like semi conscious when you're dreaming, lucid, lucid dreaming. Dream. So just. I, I, I felt like I was lucid dreaming for like a minute or two and it was strange. I just like, and whatever it was, the dream, there's this radio that came on and I just started hearing a radio noise and then I had never experienced this. So I thought I was going crazy for a minute. I was like, what, what is that? And then like the dream was going on and then, but I snapped myself out real quick cause it, cause I got shook. I'm like, what, like, what, the, what is that? Am I cool? <laughs> um, but then I was like, oh dang, I was falling asleep. I was lucid dreaming. But when when I'm uh, my favorite part, I think about it, is that's a long time to be in a tank. You know, it's a two hour session. Do you yeah. stay in there the whole time? Heck yeah. Yeah. So what I what I like about it is it's for me. I'm in a meditation, so it's and I'll meditate usually like thirty minutes, uh, twenty minutes. For a while, I was doing forty five minutes. Um, but in there, you're just in there with yourself completely for two hours and like me and you uh, Juan we stay in there basically the whole time and then you just really learn how to let go because the whole if you're like fighting it then you never really get comfortable but when you just like let go of your body and trust that it's going to keep you floating then when you can start to relax and then you slow down your breath your mind starts to slow down you can really think on things if you have something in your mind because how often do people spend two hours just with their thoughts or focused on um just being present and breathing. Yeah, I always see it as like two hours of mega relaxation to just be able to lay there for so long and, you know, all that Epsom salt, just soaking it up and really enjoying it. 
and thinking whatever you need to think through. It's great. The Epsom salt's fire. I I take a bath every now and then, put some Epsom salt in it. Does it feel the same as a flow lap? Nah, because that's like a thousand pounds <laughs> of of Epsom salt. But it, it's still it's still pretty relaxing after. Um, and the flow lap is like body temperature. I usually take yeah. hot baths. Oh, I see. Yeah, but uh, I recently been on the cold streak, man. I've been hitting the cold plunge. Uh, you've been mentioning that you like that a lot, huh? Yeah, I, I mentioned it in the last podcast too. I'm just super hyped on it right now. It's it's feeling really good, and I feel like it's having a lot of excuse me. It's having a lot of uh, positive effects on at least on my body. And once again, for me, I, I love uh, working with with my thoughts and things like that, and, and just clearing my mind. So like throughout the day, I, I'm I'm always trying to be mindful, and just because I. I that's how I want to live. I want to be real, as present as I can, you know? Um, but when I do the sauna, for sure, your your mind can race a little bit. Or I'll just listen to a really cool podcast I, I, I like. And both of them are mental tests, but the cold is especially a mental test for me. Um, it's hard to stay in something cold, man. You be going in your Speedos? No, I will never wear Speedos again, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I just feel weird. I'm almost 30 now. I, I don't play water polo. I don't swim. I'm 20 times hairier than I was in high school. <laughs> I don't think there's any good reason for me to wear a Speedo right now. Yeah. But I I, I usually go in... Um, do you I, go into the, do you go into the jacuzzi too since you like going in your trunks anyways or not? Nah? A lot of dudes do. They'll hit the sauna, then the cold plunge, then the jacuzzi. But the jacuzzi kind of just grosses me out because I remember at the old LA Fitness, I remember going in in the jacuzzi and then when you went out, you had this like nasty film on your uh, film on your back and just like people's dead skin and it was just gross and I was like I'm never going and I see like all the people that go in there. It's exfoliating your body, Derek. <laughs> I don't want that exfoliation. <laughs> now I just hit the cold punch. Some guys are crazy though. Like I'll go in there for two minutes. And, you know, and um, I'm just slowly building. I want to eventually get up to five. In, um, the cold, in the cold plunge? In the cold plunge, five. And I know I could do it. Like if I How really, cold is it? It's like 50 degrees. Are you freezing? It depends how long you stay in there. I'm definitely, it's a shock as soon as you get in there. But, um, like, I remember playing water polo and you have this whole mental dialogue before yeah. you hop in the pool. It's 6 a.m., summer practice. The pool is cold. Um, it's early in the morning. You're tired, uh-huh. so you, you you think about everything but hopping in that pool because you don't want to take that cold shock right now. And yeah. that's not even super cold. Our our pool is probably like 68 most of the time. We've been in some really cold yeah. pools, um, of where the heater had broken and things like that. But um, when I walk in, like I'll notice my and when I first started doing it, I'd have that mental chatter going on, like oh it's cold as hell, cold as hell. When you have that mental narrative going on. It just makes the experience harder. It doesn't help me in any way. So I just kind of try to notice it with some curiosity. Like, oh, look, <laughs> my, my mind's freaking out right now. Um, but I'm not listening to it because when I engage with it, that's where the experience is even worse and I feel even colder. So what I, I do is I'll get in, I'll, I'll ignore whatever the hell my mind's saying, walk in and just focus on taking some slow, deep breaths. And then I'll duck, I'll, I'll, I'll go like hip, hip down for like 30 seconds to a minute. And then I'll duck my my head in the water, and just stay like uh, my shoulders and down in the water for for another minute, and then I hop out. 
Yeah. So that's usually it. But slowing your breath down for sure helps. Yeah, I bet concentrating on your breath helps a lot. Because anything you do, man. Even when I've been like uh, using my bike or going on hikes, <clears throat> I try to focus on my breathing a lot, especially like near the end when I start to struggle. I try to just only breathe in through my nose. And I feel like it helps a lot. Yeah, breathing is is like a technology, man. Yeah. Um, it's like an ancient technology. Yeah, I Pretty. feel like if I just like calm down and like just try to focus on my breathing, like it'll be okay. Or like it's not that bad. Yeah, and I'm sure towards the end of your ride where you're getting tired, that's where when anytime things are hard in life, you know, our, our mind starts the the chatter starts to increase, you know. So yeah. I'm sure you can just engage with that and then just you know, I'm just keep focusing on my breath. And you said you breathe through your nose. Yeah, that's have you always done that? Have you always been a no? When I was first doing, or you my, do it consciously? I try to do it consciously because when I was first using my bike and I would be doing like these thirty minute sets, I would I would be like dying at the end, and I would be breathing like heavily like through my mouth. Yeah. But now since I've gotten so used to it, I kind of have like a good routine on my bike. Yeah, they say um, that breathing through your nose is the optimum way to breathe. It helps with endurance, but it's hard to breathe through your nose when you're really exhausted. Yeah. You know, when you're super exhausted, that's when you just want to start breathing through your mouth. Uh, but so like, as I, I've, I've been running recently, just like I'll do two miles a few days a week or whatever. And, um, I'll consciously breathe through my nose. I'm also bad at allergies right now, which sucks. Cause I'm always having to blow out some snot rockets as I run. But. Just put some Vicks in there before you go run. <laughs> I did that before yoga though. Dude. I had some Vicks. I just got a little and put it in my nose. It's the first time doing that. But breathing through my... I have noticed that I do feel like it helps my endurance and breathing yeah. through my nose. just Because you have to consciously do it when you're working out at least. And it, it slows down my mind. Yeah, exactly. And you just like step, step after step, step after step. Or yeah. looking at whatever you're looking at as you're going. You know, or jamming out to a song. But those runner's highs are special. I don't know what that is. Like it's, I don't hit them often. But you mentioned runner's high, but it's a little different. You coming oh, from, from, from Big Bear and coming yeah. down. But have you ever hit that part where like it's towards the end, but for some reason you have this burst of energy yeah, and you like feel real motivated? Man. Yeah. I wonder what the, what, what what's behind that. I'm guessing something. There has to be some. I'm sure people have looked this up or or have studied this. I'm I'm pretty sure. We're not the only ones thinking about this. Nah, we're definitely not the, the smartest guys on the block. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it was so... I wanted to... If I had, like, a Prius or something, I would go to the mountains more often to just do hikes. Because, like, that... That, like, boost of energy and endurance you get from being out there is awesome. And doing hills, you, anytime you're hiking, you're doing a decent amount of incline. Yeah. That's really good for you. And there's something special about being in nature. Oh, yeah. And there's something that is recharging about it like as simple as and it doesn't even have to be like the the woods or whatever i'll I'll go to a local park with a lot of trees yeah and there's something about about that that's uh special just recharging um like i went there the other day just to uh, read a little bit write in a journal or or whatever um and it was just so relaxing man so quiet yeah there's some great trails in palos verdes man that's like you're just surrounded by nature is palos verdes like ocean type hikes yeah 
but it's also some nature like uh, what hills. kind of nature are we talking like trees yeah uh, trees or, and just and um, seeing the ocean man it's yeah amazing. and like blush like just hill, like mountainsides full of, of green brush and stuff it's nice yeah i'm gonna have to try it out i've never been a, a super big hiker but um i do enjoy it when i'm out there yeah it's fun it's fun to get out there early in the mornings especially before it's too crowded yeah, the solitude in it, not yeah. a ton of people, it's just quiet. And you just hear the birds chirping, and then, especially going to, like, Paul's this, you get a lot of that morning, like, the marine layer, so it's not too hot. That's nice. And it's nice and, like, damp. The beach the is nice, man. Anywhere by the beach, it's, like, 10 degrees cooler. Hell yeah. Yeah. I, living in Long Beach, I, I love Long Beach. I never want to leave. If I, it's super expensive to... Um, it'll be super it'll be pretty expensive to buy a house up there for sure um, unless like there's a housing house market crash or something but something about being um, near the ocean especially just seeing the ocean too it's I, I really want to uh, explore the ocean more I want to do some like some snorkeling maybe my, one of my um, friends was uh, telling me that I need to uh, get my license to, to snorkel I really want to go on a submarine submarine hey yeah. that how, how yeah go to the depths of the ocean yeah at least as far as deep as we can go yeah that'd be so if creepy have, like, man, a tour. i wonder if you could get on a submarine probably be like five thousand dollars per person so? where'd you get that <laughs> price for <him> man bro it's <laughs> from my own thoughts <laughs> five thousand yes all right sounds right <laughs> that'd be pretty cool the ocean interests me out just how unexplored it is yeah and just to see life. It's basically like a different world. Dude, there's these creatures that can't live the same way we do. They breathe underwater. We breathe outside of water. That's Bro, insane. So, God willing, I can go to Cabo. Depending, you know, with this Delta variant, they might require you to be vaccinated to go or something. Oh. I'm not there yet. I haven't been vaccinated. But my mom's like tripping out about it. She, both my parents really want me to get vaccinated. Why don't you just get vaccinated? Because I don't, I don't like the way the government's handled it. And... But is it about the way know. the government is, so do you not but, believe in the vaccine also, or, or? No, I just feel like I feel safe myself from it, uh, especially since I've gotten healthier and I think I may have had it like way before it became like a big deal. Yeah, I remember you were super sick. You yeah. had to go to a doctor. Yeah. So I, I don't know. To me, I'm just trying to like not overreact about it. And I've seen people who've gotten it who are fine but i also know people like juan's wife cheryl and my homie manny like they still have like, have like lingering effects and like haven't fully recovered but on the lingering effects they have lingering effects because they had covid i know not because of the vaccine so no, like, i know so like what i like my thinking if you're gonna say that like worried about lingering effects is you would want to try to avoid covid <laughs> so you don't get lingering <laughs> effects and if you're trying to avoid covid vaccine might be helpful in that you know what i mean like i, I i'm not i'm not about forcing anyone to get a vaccine like i only got it because i feel like you're really forcing it on me right now Derek. i'm, I'm pressuring kidding. you i'm pushing <laughs> not i'm just saying you're like oh the i'm worried about the effects if you're worried about the effects and you see those people lasting effects then that may make you think like oh i might be get covid and be cool but i might not be able to smell or taste for a year you know or yeah. or whatever it is like i feel like i COVID gave me allergies after. I've never had allergies after I had COVID. Uh-huh. Um, I, I got a really bad case of allergies. I didn't know what it was, 
but now I know it's out. Al- well, at least I assume it's allergies because it's whenever I'm outside with plants or anything like that. But um, and every night I go to sleep, my nose is a little congested. I still put mouth tape on, force myself to breathe through my nose. It opens it up. That's a different story, though. But, yeah, yeah um, just makes I, it sound like a psycho. So I know people can develop allergies. I know when people say, like, what, you sleep with tape on your mouth, bro? You're a weirdo. No wonder Ashley hasn't left you. <laughs> yeah, she's worried for her life. She has this crazy husband sleeping next to her with some tape on his mouth. Nah, she encourages it, man. Because I talk too much sometimes at night. So she's like, put your tape on, please. Hey, it's crazy that people, some people talk at night in their sleep. I, I would talk excessively in, in night. I'd be like, what are you saying? Yeah. I feel like you did it like when we went camping or whatever. I'm sure I did. I, it's weird. Um... I, I don't remember any of it, but people would say, I'd, I'd say, it. Some, one time she said, I just, it's like two in the morning, I just started laughing out loud like crazy. And she said, it scared the shit out of her. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that is super freaky. Um, but yeah, sleeping's crazy. It's weird. What happens when you sleep? You know, like, it's, yeah. it's a pretty trusting process. Every night, you're just shutting down pretty much. You're like a computer shutting down. Yeah, and then you're just, I'm going to wake up this the next morning, and um, I heard someone talking about this. I don't know who it was. Um, it might have been Duncan Trussell or something. He's like, how do you know you wake up in the same place? Like, you know, like, it could you could be in a different dimension or something. I was like, yeah, maybe. I, but the days kind of feel like they connect, so. But it's just so weird how trusting. Um, yeah, sometimes I'll wake up, and I'll have, like, a cut on, like, my arm or, like, my face or something. I'm like, what happened? And yeah, you I'm scratch like, yourself or yeah. what? Yeah. Sometimes I, one time I woke up and feel like I had like a black eye or something. I'm like, did I, like did I hit myself at night or something on an accident? Crazy. I bet you people would be super surprised if everyone just like recorded themselves sleeping for like a week. What kind of weird stuff? I, I move a ton in my sleep. Well, it's cool. Like with with my whoop strap, like it it it's always tracking my heartbeat. So now in the mornings when I wake up and I'll I'll tell it that I'm awake or whatever, it'll like analyze my sleep data. And then it'll tell me, like, how many hours of, like, uh, deep sleep I got, how many hours of RAM I got. It's pretty awesome. And does it... Dang, so you've been on a bootstrap for, like, a week now? Yeah, this is, like, my fifth day. Sixth day. Sixth day, all right. <laughs> That's cool. It gives you that data. Does it tell you how much RAM sleep is recommended and how much you're getting or... or... Sometimes it'll say how much... It'll... It'll... I've seen it break down like the different amounts of sleep I'll need. So it'll show like my sleep need and then like my lack of sleep from like the last few days, like my sleep debt it's called. Okay. And that's how um, much sleep you need to catch up on? Yeah. No, it's funny because yesterday I had my, my highest day strain on my woof strap. And what the woof strap pretty much is, is it's just like heart. It's like a Fitbit and I could have it on my wrist or my bicep and it tracks my heart monitor and like my cat or it tracks my heart my heartbeat and like my calories burnt and it and it also tracks you like if i say i'm gonna go walking or hiking it'll it'll track me so it can track my miles too but it's been pretty cool it shows me a, a lot of interesting data and like it gives some cool tips like after every every kind of like cardio exercise i'll do even if it's like walking like my dog jamba in the morning or like doing my spin bike or whatever it'll say like i was I burned fifty to seven. I was at like fifty to seventy percent of like my max heart rate for like twenty minutes, and like that's good for whatever aerobic or endurance or fat burning. 
So it'll give really cool tips. Nice. But go ahead. Uh, I think my favorite my favorite thing is like seeing kind of like the my recovery because it'll show how much I've recovered from like my my During previous workouts. days workout and like the amount of sleep I got. So it'll show me like how much I'm recovered and like my optimal like my optimal strain for the day. Like so like how much I can work out like where I'll be at a good level and then if I exceed it, um, I might take longer to recover. Oh, okay. And I'll feel, like I'll feel more sore or whatever. Damn. That's cool. I'm still getting used to it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm sure it's still getting used to you too. Like you said, it, it probably needs like a month of data to yeah. to be as accurate as possible or something. Yeah, and it's cool because it'll auto, it'll auto detect like my sleep and stuff. But yesterday, I was just chilling on my couch for like, I guess I was chilling for like three hours. But it auto, I was just chilling on my phone. Oh my bad. No, you're good. I was just chilling on my phone on, on my couch and. It, it auto detected like I was taking a nap for like three hours, but I was watching a movie and like playing an app on my phone. But I was like, "Damn!" It so made I thought me, you were sleeping. Yeah, it made me realize I was like, "Fuck!" I didn't do shit for three hours. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah, that that's the crazy part. How like those times when you're just chilling, how fast time goes. Yeah. You know, um, that's what having the screen time data available on our phones has made me um, realize like. Dang, like that's how many. So, um, like, just to put in context, like I, I average around like, which I, I want to get it down, like three hours, three and a half hours, on my phone a day, and I'm like, damn, that's that's a lot of time, you know. A lot of it's texting or, but a lot of it's just mindless, mindless shit, you know. Where it's like I don't need to do that. Where I get home, I'm tired, I just sit on the couch, scroll through Pinterest or something like that. Yeah. Um. Or just uh, go back and forth in a chat, which is fun and stuff, you know. Um, but I'm like, dang, I could be using that time better. Um, or where I'll be more satisfied with my use of time. But don't get me wrong. There's, there's times where it's cool to just chill and, and relax on your phone. But, yeah, it's it's cool that we can get that data now. And it's just what kind of wakes you up when you really see it. When you get, like you said, when you saw the three hours, you're like, oh, damn, three hours doing nothing. And I could have did this, that. Yeah. But you, yeah, I guess it's just balance, man. It goes back to balance, right? Yeah, exactly. There's some days where it's cool to just chill for three hours. But if that's every day, then it's like, oh, well, hmm, you know? No, and I always try to have a productive morning. Because if I don't have, like, a productive morning or something, especially on my days off, like, my day can just go to the waste really quick. Like, so fast. Yeah, mornings really uh, get your day uh, started off right. Yeah. I think that's why I enjoy working out in the mornings. Right now, I've been in uh, my favorite routine, which is the AM gym routine. I wake up at like 540, uh, 535, uh, spread my teeth real quick, put on my gym clothes, head out, and I'll then I'll lift for an hour and then hit the sauna, cold plunge, come back, shower, go to work. And that's like optimal to me. Like I, I feel awake. I feel great after my workout, heading into work. You know, I've already been up uh, for like, two three hours you know yeah you feel wide awake and real yeah wide awake and i don't mess around with sleep i go to sleep pretty uh, i always make sure i get at least seven seven hours the minimum really yeah i always have to get at least seven so if you go to gym, at the gym like at 5 a.m what time do you wake up well i wake up at 5 45 and i usually go to sleep by usually like 10 30 oh, okay so that gives me 11 30 12 31 so yeah it gives me about seven hours so as long as i go to sleep by 10 30 um, yeah. I'm good. And some days, 
I might go to sleep at 11 and I'm like in my head I'm like damn 30 minutes I, I really I want that and you know yeah I've been feeling the same way especially because with the whoop strap on the app it has a sleep coach and you can choose like if you just want to get by tomorrow if you want to perform or if you want to be like at your best like your peak so I had a, a I have everything or I have it defaulted to peak I mean not peak to um, perform so it's the it's the medium it's the middle but it'll give me a good idea of like when I should try to go to sleep by and get like this amount of sleep and how after often do you actually day. go so far I know it's been like only like, like a, almost I've been pretty week. good about it it's you, just when I get home from work I feel like I have to like I work out I make dinner and by the time I know it like fucking time to go to sleep I don't I feel like I don't always have time for myself sometimes yeah in that routine do, wh- what time cool. do you get up normally uh like 6 45 yeah bro hit, hit a hit a wake up at six get a bike ride in shit i've been trying to shower. so hard it's really just uh the first few weeks yeah anytime changes changes hard regardless like the first weeks are gonna suck and you just gotta buy up these first weeks are gonna suck but as soon as you're up like out of your bed and you brush your teeth put some water in your face or whatever then you're good man yeah and um at least like if you feel like you're like on a time crunch or at the end you feel like super rushed you don't have time that saves you 30 45 minutes and then at the end of the day you can legit just eat just eat dinner and then relax and get that time you want to yeah if you want to watch a show read read whatever it is yeah but easier said than done no i feel you i know my I always got to remind myself, like, not everyone's a freaking weirdo like you, and <laughs> some people want to sleep in, bro, chill. No, nah, and I don't, like, I've really gotten into the routine, too, of just being, of just, like, working out right as I get home, and that's, or, like, getting on my bike. Yeah. And yeah. it hasn't been too hard, especially because now, since I'm not, I guess, as, like, um, like, motivated at work or whatever, I'm trying to, like, find a new job and get out of there. I've, like, not, I haven't really been staying late or doing any overtime, so I'll, I'll get home, like, at a decent time, and I'll just... I'll bang out some cardio real quick and then I'll marinate my chicken. Yeah, hey, you you got your routine down and you're getting it done. That's why at the end of the day, do what works for you. you yeah, know? exactly. And um, like you always adapt and change things along the way. That's one thing for people who like struggle to stay consistent with it is a lot of people try to add everything at, at, at once. Like, when we started with you, we really just focused on the macros to start yeah. with. We were, If you worked out, cool, but it wasn't something we were pressing or anything. It was like, let's just get you consistent tracking with your numbers and um, getting that down. Because if you start from doing none of it to all of it, you're going to feel exhausted. Um, you might, you know, at times you might feel discouraged or you just might feel like, ah, oh, this is too much. It might feel like a lot. But if you get one part of your routine down, like you got your macros down, and then, okay, now let's really get this cardio down. Yeah. You might have a week or two where you're struggling to get that, but eventually you get that down, and then you can start changing other stuff. Oh, I want to get um, more veggies in, or I want to have more time in the evening, so I'm gonna change my schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, so I always think a slow progression is nice. And even for me, I'm still slowly adding stuff or changing stuff, and. I've been doing macros and having like a consistent routine for, I don't know, man, probably close to 10 years. Damn, really? Yeah. Um, Dang. I, it's probably seven or eight, probably around there. I'm trying to think. Um, 
Yeah, it probably started in like 2015. Damn. It was like my last year at Cerritos, I think I started. Somewhere around there. Yeah, I might be, it might be five or six. I don't know. <laughs> One of those. Either way, it's been a good minute. And as far yeah. as lifting, like I've been lifting um, forever. Yeah. Well, not forever. Just since basically my senior year. Just like yeah, my pops was in. Has always been in fitness. It's been a good model for that. So it got me into it early. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Yeah. Hey, well, thanks for hopping on the pod, my boy. Yeah, yeah. Last last words or messages? I can't think of anything right now. <laughs> Man, a few words. Alright. It was an honor. Thanks, my boy. Happy fourth. Hell yeah. God bless America. <laughs> <laughs>